Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome to another installment of Women's History Month. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watch Best of the Best. Parker, question! Yes. Uh, do you think that James Earl Jones actually did karate when he was a kid? <laughs> I'm going to guess no. Just Further question! Ever is about. it pronounced gi or G? Gi. Gi. All right, so We're going to change into... every sentence. So Absolutely. Like, yeah, why, why, yeah, why, just... why draw that line in the sentence? Yeah, now it's you know. Imper- it's, that's, uh... <laughs> Parker. Uh, no, I did not else? lend Chris Pin my hat for that movie. <laughs> How dare you? Your hat is much taller. Exactly. <laughs> All right, do we have any news? Uh, well, I woke up and saw that we're ending our mask mandate, so that's the only news in my head right now. Doing great. <laughs> Loving it. <laughs> Love dying. Well, I'm sure there's other know. movie news, but uh, I woke up 30 minutes ago and that was the first thing I saw. And the second thing I saw was our friend complaining that women be watching their phones too much. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great. <laughs> Fucking diatribe about your day. broads not understanding movies because they're always texting. And then my governor <laughs> telling us, LOL, sorry, time to die. One, two this punch. is what you have instead of coffee. It's, hadn't even seen the sun yet. Hadn't opened the <laughs> blinds. It's like, oh, oh, this is daunting. Alright, uh, do we have any jerks of the week besides Governor Abbott? Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> My co-jerks of the week this week are those QAnon dudes that decided to fuck with our good friend Evan and his defense hero. <laughs> And also, the guy in my economics class who chose today in lecture, while we were talking about tariffs, to post Yo Fuck Trump and his tariffs with his real name on it in a college class. Oh, man. You know, that takes some stones, really. Yeah. Uh, As for Evan, I gotta tell you, that's probably not why people go to law school to be public defenders for guys who stormed the Capitol and then also do an anti-Semitism to him. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad he's taking it well. All right, glad he's got a, a sense of humor about it. Imagine right, being glad. such a poster that you just see cute on people spamming Mr. Shekelman and just cackling <laughs> at it. It's like it says no power on me. What the fuck you think this is? You're paying I've me. I've posted idiot. things you can't even imagine. We prepared him well. Yeah, we did. You know, so credit to us. Heroes of the week. Uh, Parker, do you have a? a, a it's all encompassing. <laughs> doing great just waiting on my new power supply to ship after mine just exploded like three nights ago <laughs> thriving okay uh my jerk of the week is you guys ever see like 
Captain Planet, you see the... You remember how all the villains were sort of capitalist caricatures and they all hated the environment. Well, mine is someone similar, someone who hates the environment, someone who hates children as well, which is the worst combination of things. His name is Alex and he wouldn't buy the munch. It's right there. It's got a cute little ape oh, right on. there on the cover. That is not accurate. That munch is in my cabinet. I'm so proud of you. Motherfucker, did you think I wasn't going to buy that fucking munch with that little baby monkey on it? Are you kidding after, me? After you posted, motherfucker, I'm not buying it. <laughs> no, as a, I'm not going to not buy this, dude. Fucking reading comprehension. I'm pretty sure we bullied you into buying it. So, credit to me, hero of the week. So, let's get into what we watched recently. Um, <laughs> <little> baby monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and make that the cover art this week. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly cheap, only like five seventy nine. Tiny box though, so it's 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 literally just fucking corn pops with a monkey on it for three dollars more. And it's good for the environment. Okay, you should feel uh, good. So are we sure. Uh, I'll eat the monkey pops. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, we'll start off with uh, one of the assignments. So one of the assignments in the Game of Games grand finale was uh, <laughs> the binge. Now, <laughs> yeah, there was a 50-50 shot Parker could have got that. You can't blame me for that one. Well, to be fair, I think it's a little bit better that I got it because I'm very well known. He would have enjoyed it. No. Uh, actually, maybe. I'll, I'm going to hold it out as a possibility here. So, it's well known, I'm on the record as hating The Purge and all The Purge movies. And whoever they are came out with a parody of The Purge movies called The Binge. Now, I have to admit, I didn't know anything about this when Alex assigned it to me. And I forgot about it for a while. I was like, oh, right, I do need to watch that. I put it on. And I thought, what's The Binge going to be about? I know it's a parody of The Purge, but what are they talking Oh, it's going to be some sort of... Uh, it's going to be some sort of voiceover and be like, America, ban streaming shows, except for one day out of the year in which you can binge all your shows and people have to try to Man, watch as many worse. Netflix shows as possible. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, oh, that's going to be bad. Instead, they're talking about binge uh, doing drugs. So, and binge drinking as well. So there's one day out of the year in which you can do that. And it starts with a voiceover by a Morgan Freeman impersonator, I believe, oh, saying good. that, Americans were in a <laughs> Americans were, you know, in a tight fix because uh, they were self-medicating. So one day out of the year, they're allowed to do as much drugs and alcohol as they would like. Uh, okay, motherfucker, that's just called Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I can oh, drink as much as I want, and I can stay up favorite all night. <laughs> yeah, all night. I thought I wasn't going to get to do this again after my bachelor party. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, no, they don't go with a binge eating joke. It's right there. So, uh, this Oh, yeah, I'll stars... take the Crave case. Oh, it's just for me. Didn't you hear? It's a binge night. I could have as many cases of Truly as I want. Okay, so, uh, there... <laughs> so it's about, uh, high schoolers. And, uh, they just turned 18, these two kids. They're like, we're going to go to our first binge night. Most people don't even survive the binge because... Look at what it does to your system. <laughs> but 
<laughs> the idea of this just, this just having a mortality rate of like 40% is so goddamn funny. I, I think more people die in the binge than they do in the purge. <laughs> uh, they they want to go to the binge mostly because there's going to be a cute girl there and one of the guys wants to sleep with her. And the other one just wants to do it and become legends, which has never backfired before. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> They're 16, uh, like... <laughs> no, they're 18. They just turned 18. Oh, fuck, so man. This thing. movie sounds way better than I thought it was going to be. Now, you... S- oh, you want me to make it actually good for you? <laughs> Here we go. Uh, they have to, oh, like... um it. They have to uh, sneak away from their parents, because their parents are like, Oh, we just got the, the latest Big Bang Theory clue board, and uh, they're, they're all going to play together and, and drink lemonade and root beer instead of go out and do the binge which is what you know it's it's the whole purge thing where like they lock their doors and shutter their windows and uh in case they see a fucking drunk person (laughs) or an ogre or something i guess (laughs) yeah unless a drug comes into their neighborhood and pees on their friends hey look that guy's having fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah they don't they don't want that to happen you know how druggies are you know at first i took it personally when he said i might like this but actually, <laughs> but you think that you think that's it, okay? So they're playing the uh, Big Bang Theory clue board, and surreptitiously, surreptitiously, one of the the kids uh, drugs their parents' drink, so they fall asleep, and they all slowly fall asleep. And as soon as the last parent's head falls on his shoulder, he looks dead at the camera, right into my eyes, and says, "Bazinga!" And they. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. Is this a future episode? Sounds really good. This might be a current episode just because there's a better one. You are not going to believe me when I say this, but it's true. Uh... They uh they're they're in school right and um they're they're talking at their lockers and uh, that cute girl comes up and like oh man you should totally get with her don't worry I'll wingman he's like no 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 I, I'm too shy and and she's like what are you guys talking about and uh, he's like oh I was just talking about my main man what's his name I don't know Cliff I'm about to talk about my main man Cliff over here except we all call him Babe Pig in the city because he's got the biggest hog in town and. <laughs> <laughs> Now, hold up, hold up. Let me finish it. And uh, she's just like, oh, okay. And the guy, the wingman leaves, and and Cliff says to her, actually, I have a regular size hog. <laughs> <laughs> you, you made that up. You didn't I did not this. make that up. I swear on my life, I, I did not make that up. I will drive to the fucking Confederacy and make you watch this movie. I am not letting you get away with this. <laughs> it's... Uh, so here, how does the the movie go? Well, um, Vince Vaughn's in it. Sure. And he... <laughs> yeah, okay. Is he and playing a high schooler? No, he plays the the principal, and he improvises most of his lines, which is actually for the best because I don't know about you, but I actually kind of like Vince Vaughn, especially in... same. I, I like him in comedies for the most yeah. part. I don't like him in Jurassic Park three. Uh, yeah, don't don't watch uh, don't watch uh, Brawl and Cell Block ninety nine. You might think you Vince Vaughn that. in a prison fight movie might be good, but uh, you'd be wrong. No, I did like him in Dragged Across Concrete. So uh, same director actually. So <laughs> he's probably got some opinions on this mask mandate. Yeah, let me well, tell he's, you, he's got some opinions. Seems to be, uh, two and a half hours of Mel Gibson being a racist cop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Again, pretty good movie. Might be in Parker's future. I'd but, uh, watch it. So the binge, what are they doing? Oh, they meet up with their friend who's got really long hair because uh, he's going to do drugs with them. 
And uh, Same. <laughs> I just want you to know that I'm picturing the crazy guy from the geeks. <laughs> oh, his hair is not long enough. It's even longer in this. Anyway, I'm not. Whoa, not... <laughs> double <Yes>. crazy. <laughs> so they're, they're like, oh, in, instead of like a limo, I built. What do they even call that thing? I guess it's like the drink cart or something. They need like 10 people to all pedal this thing somewhere. Oh, a pedal pub, dude? The I guess that's it. What, did you see it or something? No, I've been on a pedal pub, dude. It fucking owns. Okay, yeah. Well, they build their own. And there's like 10 of these. And they try to like ride it uphill. And uh, they're struggling with it and stuff. And it really just kind of sucks. Uh, what else? Is there anything else of note in here? Uh, towards the end, uh, he, he asked that girl out to prom, which I guess is the height of any high schooler's life. And then they have to go through something called the gauntlet, which is a whole bunch of, like, you know, they do a whole lot of drugs. Like, a whole lot. Enough to probably kill a person. And the main problem with this movie that I think we can all agree with is that it really encourages drinking to excess and doing illegal drugs. And that's obviously <laughs> that's how I feel right now, yes. Never... <laughs> Which are both very cool things to do. Let Those are, we show. would never encourage that, so... Zero out of ten. Only takes two. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, you've been overruled. Kids, (laughs) did you know that meth and Adderall are the same thing? Try it. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) It fucking owns, by the way. You know, as somebody that watches a dickload of The Challenge, which airs on MTV, and therefore the new season gets MTV commercials and exclusively MTV commercials, I get like an anti-Jewel commercial like every commercial break <laughs> and it's the exact same framework as all of the like anti-heroin commercials we got when we were in high school and it's so goddamn funny oh I think they show some of those to actually uh, start off the movie like a bunch of anti-drug PSAs and stuff but would you like to guess what the first drug they do is they either lick toads or it's Jankum <laughs> <laughs> Parker, would you like to guess? No. Okay. I wasn't expecting to hear Jankum today. I wasn't. <laughs> it's like hearing Crocus. Dude, you can just picture it. Like fucking Christopher Minzplast walks in with like a bag of shit. It's like, oh, this is the coolest drug you gave. Uh, well, I didn't think I was going to be able to top it, but the first thing they do is they snort creatine. So. Uh, fuck <laughs> So, yeah, this might be in your future. I don't know. I, I don't do drugs, so maybe you guys would see the humor in this. But I, I just, I kind of feel like they're missing on some of it. It almost feels like this movie was also made by people who don't do drugs because it's it glorifies drugs so much. I'm just like, boy, you guys really want to find someone who will be friends with you who will buy you drugs. Uh, oh, also, Parker, maybe not for you because there is an extended musical sequence in the middle of the oh, movie. Oh, good. Chris, Chris, I'm going to be honest with you. I thought this movie was going to be like the NHL goalie combine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) now, Parker, you remember those, uh, (laughs) Parker, you remember those letterbox list of anime OVAs that you shared with me? I sure do. There was one one called uh, Aim for the Ace that came out in 1979, and it's about tennis. It's uh, pretty straight. There's nothing uh, too fanciful about it. But I did see that there was a series that came out beforehand in 1973 about tennis. It's the same sort of thing. I, it just made me curious. I'm like, I didn't know they had anime back then. I know before that that they had uh, 
like Speed Racer and stuff like that. But I just kind of considered like that seventies like a lost decade. Like they they could have been producing animation. Come on. So I put it on. It's actually pretty good. I was surprised. The animation is pretty damn good, except when it's not. Uh, I like the art. I like the the story. You can definitely follow along with the characters, see how they progress and grow. And I, I think part of it is because I've been watching a lot of tennis for my job lately. And uh, Aim for the Ace was apparently extremely influential for anime. Uh, in fact, remember Gunbuster that Alex assigned uh, you and me, Parker? Gunbuster is actually a parody of Aim for the Ace. And it makes that series so much funnier when, it, when you see what it was trying to do. Uh, but... That being said, Aim for the Ace, for something that came out in 1973, it was probably really cheesy back in the 90s. People, you know, would look at that sort of intro and everything. Nowadays, it's kind of charming. It's actually pretty retro. Uh, not necessarily antique, but I like it. I thought it was pretty good. My problem is when I actually sat down and I watched the OVA that's based on it, it just retells that story, but it takes 26 episodes and tells it in a two-hour time slot. And that kind of breaks, not even two hours, I think it's like 90 minutes. That kind of breaks my heart because you don't get attached to the characters the same way. You don't see the progression and the growth of the characters' skills and stuff. And it, it just sort of waters it down a bit. And I started to realize that I think a lot of OVAs are like that. Now, Parker, correct me if I'm wrong. Is the Dragon Ball Super Broly thing, was that an OVA? No, this one's actually canon and like a new edition somehow. All the other yeah. ones are, they don't fucking matter. They're not real. Yeah. They're like 80 minutes long and nothing happens. So that's the thing is when it comes to these OVAs, I think it's best to choose one. Either watch the either watch the OVA or watch the series if you're trying to understand what the story is. And sometimes it's very easy to choose which is which because the next one that I watched is Galaxy Express 999, uh, which is based on the very popular manga and anime Galaxy Express 999. <laughs> Which is oh like a God. whatever. Got him. It, which is which is like, <laughs> by the way, a hundred episodes. I'm like, I'm not gonna do that. Same thing with was it Space Adventure Cobra or something? Sixty fucking. Ep I'm not gonna watch all that. I'll just watch the OVA. I'll get the same. What thing. if what if Shenron told you to? And shit, he can't do that. I'm protect. I have immunity. So what? Galaxy Express. Hey, so the on. March Madness game of games. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm so tired. <laughs> Okay, I actually I actually want to read what I wrote about Galaxy Express 999 because it makes things a little bit easier for me to talk about with this movie, okay? So, let's see this. Uh, in fact, Parker, this is specifically for you. Ooh. Galaxy Express 999 is a lot like the Polar Express, except instead of the North Pole, they're going to outer space. Instead of Santa's workshop, it's something called the Time Castle. Instead yeah. of Santa, it's someone called Count Mecca. And instead of a magic sleigh bell, it's a gun. That sounds really good. Yeah, it was directed by Herman Cain. I recommend it. I think it's very Sorry, good. What? Well, you know, nine nine nine. There's a... anyway. So I uh, oh oh that's the okay. Yeah, I think I didn't get it when I read it. There you Sorry. Go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Galaxy Express nine 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 is pretty good. I wasn't able to keep focus the whole time because it's like two hours and ten minutes long. I I just don't have that kind of attention span for an anime movie, and I'm sure that the series is a lot better here. But what I got was pretty good. I thought the music was excellent. And it's creative. It's inventive. It's uh, it's a good fantasy and uh, pretty decent sci-fi. The climax is well animated. I liked it. But I have to admit, I felt a little bad because I wasn't really paying the best attention to it. So I said, okay, that's it. Phone down. The next movie that I put on, I'm going to pay attention to it the entire time. I'm not going to pause it for anything. I'm just going to focus on the movie. 
Salem's Lot is three hours long. You what should have consulted me beforehand, buddy. I absolutely should have. <laughs> that is... That is a long fucking movie. So, Salem's Lot, which is uh, based on a Stephen King novel, directed by Tobe Hooper, and starring mm-hmm. Hutch, is, uh, is about vampires in Maine. Uh... You don't was say? Hope, yeah. Or rather, one vampire, because... Uh, okay, when you think of vampires, most people, the first thing they think of is, like, Dracula. And that's fine. They, he's, like, a well-known cultural image. We all do. So you're like, oh, he's not scary anymore because everyone's thinking of him. What's a scary vampire? Nosferatu? Robert Pattinson. They go with... No, they go with Nosferatu in this one, who, I'm sorry, after seeing uh, what we do in the shadows, not that scary anymore. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to yeah. Peter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Salem's Lot is. Uh, I have to admit, for the first night of it, I guess is the first hour and a half. I thought it was all right. Um, I was interested. I thought one of the best effects they had is when they had like that dead kid floating outside that other kid's window. I was like, that's interesting. I like looking at that. But it's made for TV, and that really kneecaps the thing. Like, we have the director of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We might need to show a little bit of blood here. And they can't do it, because it's made for TV. So, which actually gets to one of the funniest moments I've ever seen on a made-for-TV special during the affair scene. Whatever that woman's name is, the way that she's dressed is like, that's how you're going to have an affair? Really? That's the sexiest thing you could put on for network television? Uh, It was a different worst time yeah parker you mentioned how much you like the 1970s but don't you think that salem's law could possibly change your mind <sighs> three hours those fucking tv specials <laughs> are all across the board just a colossal waste of time see just it's, truly wretched if you're watching a stephen king thing what you're really looking for is silver bullet but what i got Correct. instead was more like the tommy knockers and uh that's a searing condemnation. So one last thing before I pass off to Alex. <laughs> I was assigned two episodes of Family Guy. <laughs> Are you guys familiar with this show? Yeah, don't Created by to Seth MacFarlane for... <laughs> you think that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is just like that one time that I... <laughs> Whatever. So, uh, yeah, there's a... Family Guy. What am I going to say? Uh, it sucks. It was bad. I hated it. Alex, would you? Okay. So the first episode, I don't remember which season it was or which episodes within the season. Go fight it yourself. I don't care. Um, Peter is uh, with his friends and they're drinking and uh, they check Zillow. You know what that is. And uh, they <laughs> go, because like they realize, oh, my house estimate is way low. I wonder why that is. Oh, it turns out there was a murder in my house. They never address this later on, by the way. And uh, they go into the basement of his house, and uh, they're, like, looking for ghosts. And, um... Sounds good. They can't find a ghost. Uh, anyway, they, uh, <laughs> they, they, they get pissed off with him, and they leave him in there. Now, I just want to mention something. For most American houses, when you go into the basement, you go down the stairs. Uh, one of Peter's friends is in a wheelchair. And they... He he's just he's just seeing like leaving like 
going up the stairs in in his uh, wheelchair, just smooth, like at barely out of frame. And it's just like, why don't you guys address that? Why don't you do something with that? And we're like, oh, it's animation. You can just do it. And like, it's so stupid because there's other inconsistencies. It's like animation inconsistencies. <laughs> I really respect just like, yeah, we're not going to animate that. Just take his wheelchair down the stairs. No, honestly, dude, I think they barely did animate it because at one point I see a wheel on the <laughs> stairs and I'm like, what the fuck? Listen to this in the context of knowing where it's going and trying to fit those puzzle pieces in of how they're getting there. Is <laughs> insane. I don't know because... There's, I mean, what I what I want to say about it is that there's not a lot of consistency with it. I think there's not a lot of care put into the animation, which is contrast yeah. this with something that I like so much, which is uh, King of the Hill, which is very consistent with its animation. I mean, we do you remember when they showed all those like behind the scenes like worksheets and stuff like draw Peggy like this, not like this. This consistency matters. Whereas I, I think King of the Hill just, I mean, I think Family Guy just uses, like, the uh, the CAD face. It, they just must use, like, the same block heads and mouths and eyes and stuff all the time. And it kind of breaks my heart because it's not very creative. Speaking of head shapes, why does Quagmire's head look like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, so I don't watch the show very much. <laughs> I've seen the show before. But I don't know why Quagmire's head looks like that. I always assumed his head was supposed to look like balls, but like it's kind of trivialized by, you know, what Arnold's grandpa's head looks like. I guess, yeah. A, a long ass, big ass nose. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they, they get sick and tired of him. They're like, come on, Peter, there's no ghost here. We're sick and tired of you wasting our time. So they, they close the door on him in the basement. He's stuck down there. And while he's down there, his hair turns white. Again, getting back to like the animation, sometimes his hair will just turn back to brown. And not just when they do like a stupid unrelated callback. Like when he was on The Bachelor. Remember when Peter Griffin <laughs> was on The Bachelor? <laughs> and he accidentally took too much uh, diarrhea pills and he almost pooped himself. Oh, dude, on the he's bachelor. binging. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lois, remember what I binged? <laughs> <laughs> just shitting. You days. think that's bad? Remember that time I got cut from the hockey team? <laughs> uh, there, there are other ones. Oh, wait, I should mention as a B plot to this episode, and again, this is the first episode. As a B plot to this episode, uh, Chris, Stewie, and Brian, Brian is the dog, are in a mall. Remember malls? Remember malls in, really. in Rhode yeah, Island? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, here's a good here's a good one for you. Malls in Rhode Island. Tell me where a mall is in Rhode Island. Anyway, so they're at a mall in Rhode Island, and an impossibly hot chick hits on Chris, and uh, he turns her down. Says, "No thanks, I don't want to go to the dance with you. I've got a lot of experience with that." And, story uh, of your fucking life. And they're they're just like Chris. What's going on? Why don't you want to hit on this girl? And he's like, I don't know, I got everything at home. And uh, he goes home and he shows them his laptop. And he's got like 20 tabs of porn open. And uh, they're just like, dude, that's like a lot of internet porn. And yeah, Sometimes uh, it'd be like that. And then he says, I, sometimes I like to pretend I'm the... I'm not close to his voice, am I? Uh, I used to be able to yeah, do... You're a, actually not doing bad. I, I used to be able to do like a pitch perfect Chris Griffin. But uh, not anymore. I, I thought you didn't watch this show, buddy. <laughs> I, I watched it once and was able to do an impression. I He's a Seth Green it. completionist. Seth McFarlane. <laughs> Unfortunately, so, uh, it's been 19 years. <laughs> so anyway. Tune in for next week's episode, Greg the Bunny. Oh, Jesus. 
Anyway, so uh, he's like, sometimes I like to pretend that I'm a security guard and all these women are on the security cameras. That's creepy. So uh, they tell him, Chris, you need to jack off less. We're going to take it down a notch. And like they take him, to, they show him like old pornography and stuff like that. And they show him uh, <laughs> uh, like playboys and stuff like that. And Why are the show... dog and toddler showing him ancient porn? <laughs> because because he's watching too much internet porn. Uh, by the way, kind of weird for a show to say, Chris, you need to masturbate less while I'm watching this during Lent. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, now, at one point, this is a real joke. Uh, this is not from Sex and the City 2. At one point, they he pulls open a playboy you know like the centerfold thing they had naked women on there and he's like wait a minute i'm clicking on this image and it's not expanding oh you're like no 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 God. that's not a thumbnail that's actually a picture on a page and you would just look at it and you let your mind do the imagination hey man that sucks uh so then they <laughs> then they take him to victoria's secret he's like well what, is this doing anything for you he's like well, i don't know I kind of like the model without a head. And like, oh, okay. He's like, also those ones that don't have any clothes on them at all. It's just a bunch of disembodied models and like a, a <laughs> trunk. And he's like, I especially like that one. It looks scared. And like, well, I guess it's a start. And uh, uh, an assistant to the store is like, can I help you guys with anything? And Stu says, no, we're just trying to get my brother an erection. So that's uh, fun. I'm pretty sure that's a joke from Beavis and Butthead. So there's ghosts um, in the house, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh, that, yeah, that reminds me. Peter's hair turned white, and there's nothing they can do to turn it back. By the way, in the next episode is Harris Brown. So. Uh, and, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and Lois says, I can't do a Lois impression. Lois says, I think uh, you your hair try makes it, you though. look No. And so I th <laughs> she says, I think your hair makes you look distinguished. And uh, so does everyone. Everyone in the hospital seems to think he's a doctor. Uh, you know how Peter always gets different jobs. That's right. He's not a doctor. He actually gets a job on like a political talk show, just making up <laughs> what? fake news. What's so, that oh jump? God. Oh my god, he should be a doctor. Holy crap! I'm gonna be on friggin' Sean Hannity. <laughs> See, what that's is the thing. he goes on? With, who's that guy with a mustache on the show? Tom something or other? Tom, Tom the news guy. Selick. Uh, so, uh, no, yeah, no, some other guy, uh, some guy, some news anchor with a mustache is like, "You'd be great on the show, and uh, you you have white hair that people automatically think you're an authority if you yell over other people." Uh, I can't believe this is the fucking jumping off point for this plot. <laughs> uh, this, by the way, this is the far superior episode. Okay, so, How do so you get from ghost to ah, you have white hair. You want to be on TV? <laughs> I mean, Was this you show really just if, always like this. See, that's I don't know. You're the ones who are fans. Of the I'm show. asking so, Parker. Uh, <laughs> so I want to tell myself no, but maybe. Well, are we going to do the Family Guy movie for next week's episode? Yeah, now? no. To find out which Family no. Guy movie. There's so much. So here's the thing. What they they have a whole bunch of uh, of ways to get Peter's hair white. You know, like they didn't have to do a ghost episode. I assume Parker wrote this. But if you want to turn someone's hair white, why don't you just do, like, the Pepe Le Pew thing, you know? Just, like, he actually walked underneath, like, a paintbrush with white paint on it. But they don't do that, so his hair's just white. Chris, I don't know if you got the memo, but Pepe Le Pew was canceled. Okay. You think anyway, there's a Family Guy episode about cancel culture? I'm sure there's going to be one. Uh, anyway, anyway, guys, uh, he's on the show, and uh, they ask him, so what's crime like? And... 
cut out some bad jokes here. He says, crime is up. Crime is up way, way up. All right? It's never been high. The top is already higher than the top was. The former top is now in the middle. And the bottom... The, wait, 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 it was like, in the former middle? The middle was actually a show that used to star some fucking actors I've never heard of. And it aired for 11 seasons on CB. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Dude, you gotta think about who the people are that watch cartoons on Fox. That's a good point. All, right. all of them are like 70. And I, all of that joke probably killed with them. I guess. I don't know. That's that's Peter. Anyway, uh... I mean, I remember Lois... being like 13 and be like, What the fuck is Sanford and Son? What is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Lois is not happy because Peter is making up fake news. Uh, that's bad. <laughs> so, uh, Peter says... Oh, my God. All right, if I managed you, I won't do it anymore. 22-minute episode. <laughs> All right, if I managed you that much, I won't do it anymore. Then he gets a call from President Trump, Donald Trump, the president. And Trump says, I saw you on TV. You I would like to hire you as my communications director. And that's it. We're moving to Washington. And uh, that's going to be for the next episode. Um, now, before I get yeah. to the next episode, I'm, I'm glad that you actually assigned me uh, this episode not so much as like, oh, that's how he gets to Washington, but it's more so a good, um, like, a, like a palate cleanser or sort of like an introduction of like, this is what the series is. I haven't seen uh, Family Guy since I don't know when. I was I had to have been a teenager when I, went, when I last watched it. And honestly, as much as I criticize it, as terrible as those jokes were, there were a couple jokes that flew by. I was just like, wait, that's actually a little creative. That's that's actually kind of funny. And I've got a lot of history with Rhode Island. I think if they made it a little bit more realistic, I might like it a lot more. Like they do with King of the Hill. King of the Hill makes Texas kind of like a fun place to live. Parker makes it seem like not such, such a fun I'm place to going live. Have you ever to been to Texas? Here. I have not been to Texas. <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah, exactly. it does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, the cartoon made it seem nice. Exactly. That's that's that's. I'm gonna be like the Boston guy in that one episode. <laughs> I just text. imagined like Chris like walking into a grocery store in Texas and just being apoplectic that they sell charcoal. <laughs> Get a dog, little loggies. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I don't have anything necessarily against Family Guy, honestly. I might go watch. I think Josh said the first three seasons were pretty good. Maybe he's right. Maybe those are fine. Maybe maybe I'll find something that's worth watching in there. I do remember a couple jokes from uh, Family Guy over the years that were actually all right. Uh, now speaking about Family Guy jokes over the years, um, I guess I should uh, mention this. Uh, Seth MacFarlane actually calls out in this episode that sorry we're way behind on Trump jokes I guess this is a little like getting out ahead of the game that it takes a long time to make a, a cartoon even a 22 minute one it takes a long time to edit it to write it produce it motherfucker they, they start making South Park episodes that air on Thursday on like Monday yeah you know that's the <laughs> only cartoon where they do that right <laughs> That's the only cartoon where it's even possible to do that. Whereas with Family Guy, you know, there's there's stuff that goes into it. You can't just do that. Whereas Family yeah, what goes South into Park it? Does it a week. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes them a while, and they, they don't have time to get the most up to date joke. So it's like, okay, if there's anything out of date, anything that we miss, you know, that's why they're in there. However, Holy we were crap, it's Anthony Scaramucci. No, Great. No, here's the thing. Hold up, hold up, hold up. There's more. Because they say, but we were ahead of the game on our Bruce Jenner jokes. And Holy then they cut to an Christ. Yeah, they That's get to an episode real. from 2011 in which they say that Bruce Jenner is a woman, a beautiful woman. Uh, you guys remember Bruce Jenner? 
Why would you flash back in the middle of your episode? <laughs> hey guys, called it. Yeah, that's um. Yeah. So is it is it actually Seth MacFarlane explaining this, or is it his self insert dog character? It's neither. It's just like white letters on a black screen. The magic of animation. Hey, hey, you don't have to animate text. Got him. <laughs> Speaking Shut of up. not animating text, at one point in the next episode, uh, they say, wow, they hate you more than the closed captioner hated that guy from Sleepy Hollow, the TV show, not the movie. And then they what? show a clip from Sleepy Hollow. Uh, do you remember the Do you remember the TV show Sleepy Hollow? They had a TV show called no, Sleepy Hollow. No, absolutely oh. not. I remember my dad. Cartoon or no, no. This is a real like live action thing. The basic idea was one of the guys from Sleepy Hollow, I guess Ichabod Crane, time travels to present day uh, to fight off a reincarnation of the headless horseman or something. (laughs) Wasn't this like the George of the Jungle sequel? No, this is a real movie. This is not movie, a TV show. And again. They showed this whole thing, and it's like live action. I'm watching a cartoon, and all of a sudden it cuts to live action from Sleepy Hollow. And I actually remember these because my dad used to watch it, and then he gave up like two episodes. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why is this on? And they do like these hey, stupid son, uh, captions. Travel through time, fight the <laughs> horseman. But, it, but but here's another thing, though. Okay, so clearly no one on this podcast actually watched it, but they're making jokes about how much a closed captioner hated that guy from Sleepy Hollow. Is that a joke? Is there is there like a running gag in here that I missed? Is that do I have to do I have to go into some internet forum that was dedicated to Sleepy Hollow? Be like, hey, I was watching this with closed captions, and some of them were garbled. The what is this Sleepy Hollow bit? Much <laughs> yeah. like the, the fighting the chicken. Lives oh, we'll get to that. Movie. We'll get to that. So the next episode, the fam, the Griffin family, including Stewie the talking baby. <laughs> so, you know when you say to, it like that it sound good <laughs> they moved to uh washington dc and uh here this is there's no easy way to say this but parker i've mentioned this to you before and you reacted with some alarm after the 2016 election a lot of people who didn't support trump moved one of two ways a lot of people moved further to the left and some people moved further to the right and i guess i'm more in the latter camp um and not to say that i'm like right wing or anything i guess i'm i guess i'm just not a bernie bro or something but if you watch this episode parker you'll be subscribing to national review by the end of the day oh, okay yeah, dude this <laughs> is a I mean, golden I about, age of liberal comedy baby i talked about shit libs in the uh in the sex in the city 2 episode you are not ready for this okay oh my god so Trump Trump is in here and uh, they go into the White House. Trump's showing him this is the worst Trump impression I've ever heard in my life. Like is my it Trump impression. the Queen's Corky. I don't remember that. I don't remember that one very well. But like it's worse than uh, I don't know. It's worse than me. Okay. So Trump is showing him around. He's like, oh, there, this is my Trump impression. Oh, there's my son Eric, and his job is to chase bubbles that Ivanka blows for him, and. Uh, that's Eric. Don Jr. isn't even in this episode. Do you think they'd be ready for that one? But uh, no, I guess he just didn't rate. The nerve. Yeah. Um, and I... Uh, the Meg Griffin of the Trump family. No, we'll get to they that. Just, we'll they just the... didn't want to be on record making fun of a future president. They exactly. Oh, they, they make fun of we him We nailed this prediction too, guys. They, they make Two fun and of... Open. All they do is make fun of Trump, which is weird, because at one point, uh, they're they're making fun of him, and it's not even a joke, it just becomes like, this is a factual account, it's like, remember that time that he, I don't know, 
and it didn't pay people for the hotel or something like that. It, it's, it's like a, a famous Trump anecdote, you know, one of the bad things they did. Yeah, remember that time he got beat on in that hotel in Russia? Hold up, we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> What do you mean oh, yeah, we'll we get will. to I that? I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Parker doesn't know. Oh, well, anyway. Uh so it's like it's a it's a Trump anecdote. It's not even like a, a joke. It's gets a, I guess it's more like a reference. And I think we've talked about how a reference isn't quite a joke. You're just saying something. It cuts to Brian sitting in a chair, and he says, "I wrote the liberal jokes on this episode. Sometimes they let me do that." And you're like, "Oh, I, are you saying there are going to be conservative jokes?" Thanks, Seth. Because uh, <laughs> I don't know if there is such a thing, but okay, we'll go ahead and see it. And uh, then they, they write another one, like, five seconds afterwards. And uh, Brian's like, yep, that's another one of mine. I'm like, okay, Seth, I, I get it. Self-insert, you're a dog. <laughs> and, uh... It's, I mean, it is constantly... self-inserting as a fucking family pet. Yeah, it's again, so cool. it's like the guy who's fucking around as a mushroom in the Oasis in Ready Player One. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> so they go to one of the gala balls, and oh, there's some. There's a Russian guy who's pretending that he's American, and Peter's so stupid, he gives him his password and username for a login for his email. Oh, you know oh those Russians, God. they're trying to hack our elections. Um, anyway, what is This is, is the longest episode of anything I've ever heard in my life. I know, it's... <laughs> Only 22 minutes, Mark. It's not that bad. So Meg goes into the kitchen. What a surprise. Look at her. And uh, she sees Ivanka back there. And, Iva you know, Ivanka in real life, very, very pretty. Uh, Which one throws the holding flag first, Chris? <laughs> not funny. So uh, Ivanka's over there. And there's like, there's, like, sunlight streaming on her hair. It's blowing. She looks really cute and everything. And they're singing a song about how Jared Kushner and his father once blackmailed this one guy. That actually happened and you're just like geez okay uh it's it's really embarrassing anyway ivanka gets meg a new dress or something like that and meg looks better in something <sighs> sorry i'm trying to steal myself before this next part um anyway meg gets introduced uh to the president ivanka says would you like to meet the president he's kind of like my boyfriend get it and uh, Meg is in there, she's, she's talking to the president, and there's another way to say this. President Trump grabs Meg Griffin by the pussy. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> that did it. That's what broke me. I, I, guess, yeah. uh, I guess we found the one person who'll laugh at it. Uh, the worst fairness, fucking thing I've ever heard. In fairness, in fairness, Parker, it's not. I I know you're not laughing at it because you're a sicko or anything. That's one of those things where it's it's better on paper, not necessarily the script. Because if that was on the script, I'd just quit. But describing, yeah, in the latest Family Guy episode, President Trump grabs Meg Griffin by the pussy. We're really gonna stick it to him this time. <laughs> But <laughs> now, if, yeah, if you like write that, oh man, I can't believe Chris is going to watch this episode and talk about it on the podcast. Here's it's a... like watching the Looney Tunes cry over the Holocaust. <laughs> the most scathing takedown yet. See, here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. You um, know, I had to do it to him one time. Now, here, hold up, guys. Here's the thing. It's played for laughs. It is played for a joke. Oh, so it's, it's like Midsummer. Yeah. Uh, so Get in the bear, Peter. You fucking idiot. See, this is the thing. Like, the way that's played, like, 
Meg is talking about something, and the camera is very slowly zooming in on her. And as it's slowly zooming in, Trump is slowly, slowly, slowly reaching Jesus his hand Christ. down lower and lower and lower. And honestly, like, I almost threw up. I, I thought it was really disgusting. And that's Lois like an animated friggin' character. May Queen over here. Yeah, that's this is a the worst thing I've ever heard. This is really Anson Parker's future. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, it is fifty-fifty shot to be in Parker's future as it was. But... I think oh I stole God. it from him, didn't I? Oh, did you? Didn't you trade this for I think a real I, movie? I think I, I think I uh, stole it from him. Yeah, this uh, is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, uh, <laughs> short circuit. It just—it's going to get worse too. So. Uh, She's and like, that's not possible. She, she, so she, by the way, when he grabs her by the pussy, they play like a ding dong sound effect. Like a doorbell. That's okay. You made that up. I'm, I do not make things up. Okay. Uh, You're making up that you bought the munch. So anyway, uh, they, she's, she's You want to really come over here and eat munch with me? Like we can pause this podcast. <laughs> I do not give a fuck. Parker, can we take like a couple hours? Yeah, take a month. <laughs> I'm, I'm take a quick power nap here. <laughs> anyway, you need it. <laughs> oh my uh, god, dude. So anyway, <laughs> uh, she's she's really upset about this, as naturally she would be. And he says, it doesn't matter, I'm the president. And uh, she goes back, she tells her parents, obviously. And uh, Lois thinks it's fake news. And uh, And Peter says the president would never do something like that the fuck is this even the republicans when that when that news came out no one disbelieved it president trump for the first time in his life admitted to it the republicans knew it happened and they said okay no one ever denied it okay no one ever denied that we have audio on camera doing it but i guess maybe they're trying to do something with this they're saying oh this is a believe all women sort of thing you know believe survivors which i guess noble goal uh no, actually, uh, they they catch President Trump kissing her on the mouth, and uh, Peter's like, "Hey, hands off my daughter!" So uh, that's the moral, I guess, is um, believe your daughter what when she says fuck, she's been molested. Uh, it's, I like morals, you know. We get to learn how to think and feel and act. Oh, my and so hurts. now, Parker, you mentioned the giant chicken where they would have a fight. <clears throat> yeah. Well, Damn in this it. one, in this one, uh, they instead fight president trump like the giant chicken they fight him all over washington dc uh at one point they go to the smithsonian national air and space museum and there's a giant chicken there with his son regular sized chicken and they have on like <laughs> i can't do this <laughs> and they have on like headphones and the narrator says this is where neil armstrong became the first man to walk on the moon Maybe one of you out there will be the first chicken to walk on the moon. That's the joke. So uh, they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting. Uh. Well, you know, I, I get it. They had to explain the joke for all the ladies out there that were on their phones. I don't get it. Why is it chicken in a museum? Actually, wait, that's... always do this, babe. Wait, that's actually... Uh, uh, I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, why Why are they fighting? Why does uh, Peter get so angry? Peter's like, hey, you can't say that about my daughter. And uh, Peter's like, why not? You do stuff like that all the time. Peter's like, what? Uh, Trump's like, think about it. Uh, you guys have all these uh, Jewish jokes. You have all these racial jokes. Oh you have all God. these gay jokes. You guys are doing stuff so like just this. just looking at us when he said that? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, you guys do it all the time. And Peter says, hey, hey, in fairness, we're trying to cut out the gay jokes. So uh, <laughs> I guess the Jewish and racial God. jokes are just okay. I guess that's the joke. And uh, anyway, they fight and they fight and they fight. Uh, there was something else. Oh, wait. 
one joke, I, I don't know, to see how you feel about this, Charlie. Like, okay, that's all right. They get in there, and President Trump is watching Bob's Burgers. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. No. Here. No. Wait. It gets better. That's not the joke. That's just the thing that happens. No. That's actually nope, funny. Wait. It gets, no. It gets better. It actually. I think it gets better after this. Uh, Peter says, "Like, wow, Bob Burgers, really?" He's like, "What's wrong with Bob Burgers?" That's Lois. And uh, Peter says, uh, "You know, no disrespect. Absolutely no disrespect. Great people up there. But honestly, it's the same joke over and over. I don't really like it very much." He, he criticizes Bob's Burgers. And President Trump's like, no, Bob's Burgers is tremendous. It's the best. I love Bob's Burgers. It, it deserves all the Emmys that it wins. And that's when Peter looks at the camera and says, that's what you get, Emmy voters. President Trump likes Bob Burgers. Maybe you'll think a little harder next time. So, Got him. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, scathing take down of Donald Trump anymore. has to take a detour to take a pot shot at Bob's Burgers. <laughs> you fucking Emmy libcucks. So, uh, yeah, then uh, President Trump, they're oh still fighting God. and fighting and fighting. And there's a lot of, like, dumb stuff. Like, there's so much, like, Trump's hair. He can use his hair as a whip. And, uh... God damn he, it. He punches uh, Trump in the in the nose and some of his orange Cheeto dust gets on his <laughs> knuckles. <laughs> Dude, I hate this. It sucks. So bad. Now, okay. I just think back to that time that you watched like the Leave It to Beaver movie for the sake of content, <laughs> and I'm really glad I didn't do that in this case. Well, there's a, uh, there's more. Um, maybe it, tell you what, Alex. You know, extended all brand something that you do. Like you like biplanes, right? Well, Trump escapes in a biplane. <laughs> Skip. <laughs> Trump escapes in a biplane, and Peter chases after him in like one of those biplanes with like seven stacks of wings on them. <laughs> and Peter looks at the camera and says, I got a shitty plane. That's the joke. And he chases after him, and he chases him down. They're punching, and they're punching, and they're punching, and they're not friends. Oh, by the way, uh, Trump has small hands. Uh, and it's just the thing that they do on the show. I don't get... Oh, yeah, at one point they're fighting, and they're wrestling around behind Sarah Huckabee Sanders. One of the reporters asks... Hey, uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, is there? Is it true that Trump and Peter are fighting? And she says, I have no information. They do like a southern accent for her or something? Like, I don't have any information on whether they're fighting when you can see him right behind her. It's like, oh, saying that she lies? The way that they draw her is really fucking mean, okay? Like, I get it. I don't like her. That's She's not a good person. She's not an attractive person. But goddamn, dude, lay off. All right, you got me defending Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> Look what you've reduced me to. He did say you went a little further right after the election. I'm just saying right. Ron no, DeSantis would. Be, <laughs> I'm just saying Ron DeSantis would be a great nominee for president. Anyway, uh, so they're fighting, 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 and they're. <laughs> some of us well, take further left. Now nothing going on. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can't back to posting, now, right? baby. Hey, it is Women's History Month. So anyway, uh, they're they're fighting, and I guess in they're like that White House like pool or something like that, and they stop fighting because some guy comes down and he says, "Oh, hey, so like, what's going on here? Oh my God, it's Justin Trudeau." <laughs> Justin Trudeau okay. comes in and tells them to stop fighting, and he has a voice like the guys from uh, Strange Brew, and. <sighs> 
Yeah, that's uh. He, oh boy, Justin Trudeau, he's so hunky. Uh, he's not that hunky. He's not as tremendous as Don Jr. or, or whatever. I don't even. I wasn't even listening. And so uh, anyway, Justin Trudeau leaves on a couple of gray gooses because they, they're Canadian. And <laughs> he rides them like jet skis into the air. And he says, "I'm off to do awesome Canadian stuff." I'm not making this up, all right? So uh, then they all sit down on the couch and they look at the camera and Lois tells everyone to read the Steele dossier. I'm not making that up. (laughs) (laughs) Parker, I know that a lot of this sounds fake and I know I started laughing during that one. I am not, I'm dead serious here. Lois tells people to read the Steele dossier. Chris, you're welcome. Lois. Now there's more. <laughs> How is there more? How is it not over? Well, I don't remember the exact words, but everyone else looks at the camera and tells other things that they should read. Not just a steel dossier, but like, I don't know, reports about the way that he pays his employees. Um... I read the cancer in the rye, Lois. <laughs> <laughs> wow, turns out Trump is just a big old phony. <laughs> The friggin' Turner Diaries. Every, <laughs> everyone else was like, yeah, don't forget to read about how Jared Kushner's father did some shit I don't care about. It says right here she's a believer, Lois. <laughs> okay. Just think, all, right. all Seth had to do was get on that plane. This would have never happened. <laughs> all right, so... Uh, Alex, what did you watch? <laughs> First of all, Chris, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. <laughs> As a police I'm responder, truly, I try to do what I can. I'm truly happy that you made that deal with Parker. <laughs> Me too. I think Parker would have given up midway at some of these. Parker just wouldn't have watched it. He's like, yeah, I'm just going to use my Dragon Balls next year on this. <laughs> Oh, jeez, we'll get around to it taking a fucking Dragon Ball Z. Taking a fucking payday loan. He owes me 17 Dragon Balls to get out of this 40 yeah, It's fine, man. It's fine. <laughs> so mercifully, I only have a couple things to talk about. So last week we discussed a movie called Tiger Claws 2. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> In which the bad guy from Bloodsport was kidnapped by his brother to fight in a martial arts tournament to open a time portal to go back to the Qing dynasty and send a bunch of heavy artillery so he could take over. <laughs> this is the same episode of Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you so just it... hear Peter saying Qing dynasty? <laughs> We're back to Qing dynasty. <laughs> God damn it. Alright, I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> you think that's bad? This reminds me of what... <laughs> Uh, sorry so for anyway, this episode. <laughs> do not apologize for that. <laughs> um, so Tiger Claws three. What? We now have our bad guy from the first two movies is now gone. He has been replaced by an extremely Italian man who goes by Striker or Mister Striker, which yes. yes is spelled with a Y. Yes. Yeah. So our cops from the first two movies are trying to stop a heist at a museum or something, whatever. They get invited to this charity dinner at uh, 
the place where all the bad stuff in the first movie happen. Where we find out that Mr. Stryker is doing a ritual to bring back three assassins from China's past. 500-year-old assassins, just summoning them to existence. They, of course, come into reality, start shooting 2000-era CGI lightning at people. Is because Mr. Striker just Rita Repulsa? Basically, yes. Look, and I've Lois, never... I summon Genghis Khan. <laughs> so... I've never seen Superman 2, but apparently a lot of people compare this movie to Superman 2 as I a direct ripoff. I, I, maybe Parker has. like He likes that stuff. Somehow right? I haven't. I heard it's actually yeah. pretty good, so I don't know. I'll get to it eventually. Well, anyway, um, so <laughs> Mr. Stryker and his band of undead assassins are just going around blasting people with force lightning and doing fucking adokins and, like, fucking wire foo. Like, like it's... Exactly what you expect from this franchise that spanned a decade, yet all three movies look like they were shot back-to-back-to-back in 1991. Um, The cops realize, like, oh, I know the symbol on the back of his jacket. He must have been trained by this guy. So they go to his trainer, who is, of course, played by the guy who played Thunder in Big Trouble in Little China. Oh! Yes. Yes. Who I would be... It would be a crime for me to forget the fact that... uh, our character introduction to him is him thwarting a convenience store robbery by beating people up with a Bruce Lee magazine <laughs> while he gets to say, I don't want no trouble. God damn it. Because why wouldn't we do that in this that movie? Sounds, that sounds good. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> so anyway, these ghosts run around doing murder. The cops try to stop them. The other cops who are aggressively Italian are just like... Hey, man, I think you're making this up, man, despite the fact that you caught all this supernatural shit before, man. And uh, then the one cop goes and just trains for, like, 40 minutes in a barn with a bow staff. And assassins come, and he beats him go. up. <laughs> and then he fights ghosts. So what I'm saying is all three Tiger Claws movies deserve to be watched back to back to back, because they are extremely good. <laughs> I'm kind of glad I spaced about a little bit. Cause, uh... That seems like a lot to do at once. <laughs> this is like when I tried to join the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a second bow staff guy. <laughs> second bow staff. <laughs> it's not a Stewie joke if you don't repeat it. Exactly. Oh, good point, yeah. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> bow staff. Steph. <laughs> you watch anything else? Oh, I sure did, buddy. Gonna be an so, agonizing hour. <laughs> so many people have said that over the past 12 months of lockdown that cinema has died. And I'm here to report to you on a movie that came out, I guess today, called Cosmic Sin. <laughs> I'm sorry, what now? Now let me give you the setup for Cosmic Sin. Was this directed by Danzig? It is... God, I fucking wish. (laughs) So, we're 500 years in the future. Earth has spread its tendrils out across the universe, has a couple colonies. Apparently there was a war with some aliens where this general used a Q-bomb, and now he's referred to as the Blood General, because apparently the (sighs) Q-bomb is bad. 
our first two scenes of this movie following the uh, the reveal that there are bad aliens attacking a colony, we get Frank Grillo driving his pickup truck, <laughs> complaining about how he's supposed to be on leave and has to return to base. And Bruce Willis sitting in a bar complaining oh, about how he used to be the blood general. This and now movie. he doesn't have a career. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all coming together. You know, sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, why the fuck am I watching this? Well, this is one of those movies where whoever the writer was, and I unfortunately cannot give them credit because why would I write down a writer's name? But just it's just somebody that thinks they're writing the coolest lines and the coolest premises of all time in this stupid fucking movie that Bruce Willis probably did for like twenty grand. Like there's wormholes, they get fucking launched through space to this colony, there's like a lady with a giant sniper rifle, there's aliens that uh you know, get inside other humans and like, I'm an alien I have this different voice to differentiate myself from a human like, it's one of those movies um, where, you know, there's like not actually aliens it fucking sucks, but also like, it's really stupid in a lot of really good ways there's just, there's just like 15 minutes of just like Frank Grillo floating around in space because his suit gets fucked up and like talking to people like, you can really tell where they spent their money. And, uh... <laughs> turns out those people are right. Cinema is dead. Parker, would you watch? <laughs> Let's see. Well, uh... I watched one of the most classic examples of guys being dudes and just being chill and hanging out with each other. Which is, of course, Tombstone. Yes! <laughs> oh, hell yeah! Finally! <laughs> Sometimes you just want to watch a bunch of dudes hang out. Yeah. And there's <laughs> never been a greater assemblage of dudes in cinema history. It's like 30 names on that cast list and everyone's like, oh shit, that guy. Yeah. Yep. Didn't expect Billy Bob Thornton to show up for a scene to uh-huh. get absolutely clowned. It's incredibly good. Now, I'm not going to fall for this trap. I won't be watching any more westerns ever oh, again. Oh, come on. But you know, hey. Good take. You know, leaving on a good note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he had a good I time. Don't know, I don't know what made me watch this. I just... I think I was just scrolling through, and I someone was talking about it, and I just saw Kurt Russell with that mustache. I was like, yeah, you know what? I should probably download this. I've, I've tried to assign it to you multiple times. I just, I don't know, I think it slipped through the cracks a couple of times. Yeah, it just slipped through with all the other good movies you give me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost gave you this great movie. Instead, Mike Myers is a cat. He's got a hat? Chris, the fucking nerve to give him the cat in the hat. I what mean, after you? it's been canceled... <laughs> <laughs> rough week for cancel culture on this show yeah <laughs> uh so alex do you remember when you talked about a movie called followed the fountain yeah. movie in the spooky hotel yeah it is very much a thing i would like and chris mm. would never speak to us again correct it's very not good but also i live for these movies exactly like considering how badly that could have gone that one's fine it continues my favorite trope where it ends, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> what happened there? They run out of money? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, oh, I'm, getting, I'm getting mad just thinking about this. <laughs> it's, like, I see they were trying to do something, but that doesn't work. That's pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So this all happened very serendipitously, because uh, as you referred to, it's based on that real footage of that girl 
at the hotel in that elevator. Netflix released a four-part documentary about that case. It is yeah. one of the shittiest true crime docs I've ever seen. Oh, good. I can save my four hours. Thank you. It is four hours long. You can get the story in about 15, 20 minutes if you just watch a YouTube video. We spend so much time dealing with the web sleuth community, which is just shitheads on YouTube just going through the footage, getting everything wrong, accusing multiple people that had nothing to do with it, which just kept me making me think about Reddit and the Boston Bomber. (laughs) 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 Fuck Reddit, dude. Like, there's a 15-minute segment of them going after this dude because he's like a Mexican death metal guy. Who happened to stay at that hotel? They're like, look at these music videos. They're all about death and murder. He fucking killed her. We're gonna get you, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, the smoothest brains on the planet with the dumbest theories. And the entire third episode is just about these people. And then in the fourth episode, like, yeah, it was all bullshit. Actually, this, this, and this happened. She's bipolar. <laughs> like, yeah, she had a fucking episode and wasn't medicated. And she was in a strange city and she freaked out. Four hours. I was livid, but then I watched Followed after, so it all worked out. That's good. <laughs> Again, you're welcome. And uh, you know what? The last thing I'll talk about, just to piggyback what you were talking about before, Tiger Claws 1 is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty good. Because <laughs> uh, as someone who just watched all of Dragon Ball, the entire premise of the Piccolo thing is another tournament ends... And Piccolo sends his goon to start murdering all the martial artists. He doesn't want anyone to oppose him, so he just sends people out. And just everyone competing in these tournaments gets murdered. In this movie, you don't have, like, the prior two tournaments full of fighters you've come to know and recognize and, like, know their stories. So it's just, here's a guy. He's doing a karate infomercial. Now he's dead. Here's a guy. (laughs) He's at a karate tournament. He's also dead. (laughs) It's like... The entire movie is a montage of introducing some white dude wearing a gi doing karate and then getting murdered by the tiger claws. It just, it fucking owns that the whole thing is like, you beat a new character and you're like, alright, just start counting. There's no way he's got more than a hundred seconds. <laughs> it's literally that scene most of the time. He'll be talking to someone like, oh man, great practice out there. Yeah, let me just get something out of the back. And then they get tiger clawed. <laughs> You know, as Alex said, the bad guy in the movie is the bad guy from Bloodsport, but that's not revealed right away. It's a mystery for like half the movie until you get the reveal, where some dude wins at some karate tournament, and we do a panning shot of the crowd cheering for him, and it's a bunch of like five foot six tall dudes clapping, and then this goddamn monster of a human being shirtless just glaring at him. <laughs> that dude's body is obscene. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> His arms are bigger than his head. His chest, it's it's fucked up. He's got a Bethesda proportions. I don't like him. <laughs> he freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, that is a good-ass movie. Big fan of the scene where one Cynthia Rock, Rothrock is just sitting in the car, listening over the wiretap to the sound of our hero just getting this shit beat out of him in a dojo. <laughs> that happens like four times. Yeah. <laughs> it's really, really good. I cannot wait to go back in time. <laughs> you are going to enjoy this entire franchise so much. I'm so Because I know you, and I know what you like, and we will <laughs> talk next week. Speaking of things I like. <laughs> <laughs>
What I saw was the director of Best of the Best in 28 Power Rangers episodes. I oh, levitated no off the couch, kidding. dude. No kidding. It's, I'm so excited for this episode. Shall we? Yes, we shall. Top build Eric Roberts, you guys. <laughs> So, interesting story for this one, guys, for Best of the Best. I did not take any notes, but I watched it right before recording here, so I think I'm going to be in good shape. So, this movie's about uh, karate, I think? Correct. Okay. Uh, about a tournament. Yeah. Why is this tournament important? You figure it out. Now, uh, one of the cool things here is that it involves the American karate team versus the Korean karate team. And the Koreans are, are all wearing G's that say Taekwondo on the back, which is a different kind of martial art. But I guess there's a cross-pollination there. It's close enough. Yeah, yeah I can't tell the difference, so. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough for me. You sound like one of the characters on this movie. <laughs> which one, buddy? <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. Uh... <laughs> there's five people on this team, and one of them never gets anything more than, hey, I'm Italian. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he gets for the entire movie. Can I just say this now before I forget later? Italian guy from this movie does not have a Wikipedia page. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, dude! It's probably for the best. That's probably for the best. For you him. know, the weird thing is, Italian guy from this movie, who's also from Detroit. That's his other personality. Um, he kind of reminds me of the fat kid in all the movies for like the '90s kids movies. They always have that one fat kid who's whose personality is just eating candy the entire time. He's like yeah, that, and except st- he's and stopping every puck in the finals. Yeah, and that too. Yes, damn. He's got real heavyweights energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's like the only thing he ever talks about is like how he's Italian and he's from the old country, except it's Detroit. <laughs> Close enough, man. <laughs> yeah, that famous Detroit-style pizza that doesn't exist. Can we... We're, we're actually mad about this? <laughs> I don't give a shit. Someone's mad about this somewhere. Exactly. Uh, All it takes is one. Uh, it could be anybody. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> who would get mad about insulting Detroit in all of their Super Bowl rings? So anyway... Uh, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> damn, one more listener down the train. So uh, <laughs> he's been gone for a while, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Down from a baker's dozen. So uh, there. How does it start off? There's uh, people. They're skipping. <laughs> when I was like, growing up, I thought we had a regular dozen listeners. <laughs> <laughs> best of the best, featuring Eric Roberts <laughs> and his hair. <laughs> his hair is exquisite. Like we've talked about hair in movies. This closing out the decade, 1980s, with this hair. Like, come Eric, on. It's Eric Roberts shirtless with that top knot really did things to my body I wasn't prepared Dude, for. Yeah. He saunters on screen, and my first thought was, that's a fucking wig. There's it's no way. Insane. Same, but I was just like, oh, there's going to be like one of those in the army now sequences where they shave off his head to get him ready for the karate tournament. And no, <laughs> no, they just slick back his hair like he's Tommy from Power Rangers. He would have walked off set if they tried to shave that. Absolutely. <laughs> what else did he have going for him? His sister wasn't even famous yet. So, uh, so uh, I, I just remember he's working at like a, a car assembly place, and it's kind of boring. And he gets a letter saying you've been fired. You get to participate in a karate tournament. Can we can we talk about uh, the music that's playing over this scene? Oh, and how it's good. How I thought it was Primus at first. <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> 
Man, I had a feeling Chris would like the music in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I was afraid to say that because it seemed too mean. I love the slap bass, dude. Look, do I like the music? No. Is it appropriate for this movie? Absolutely. It fits like a glove for what this movie is. It's a bunch of slap bass where Robert's just high-fiving people at the local Sparks factory. (laughs) And then we cut to, and I have to admit, this is kind of weird. I don't think we've ever made a reference to, like, The Office before, but hear me out on this one. Jesus. Honestly, Uh I think this one kind of fits. So, remember in that episode of The Office where uh, Michael and Dwight, those are the two names, right? They go to, like, that dojo and they fight each other. They're both really incompetent. <laughs> I think this is the same dojo. <laughs> I hope so. That's, it seems like the writers of that show would have watched this movie. Yeah, I hope so. God, they have good taste. So, uh, yeah, this, uh, it has, like, two kids fighting and crying and then they're, 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 What's it, Parker or Sifu or whatever? Tells them, hey, no fighting allowed in karate. <laughs> and uh, karate is not for punching and kicking. Karate is for, I don't know, like bowing and showing respect and tongue kissing or something. Anyway, Dude, he gets like, a lot. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you brought this up before, and like I want to touch on it before we move on. But like this isn't like the fucking Olympics. This is like, there's no tournament of nations. It's just... Like a show match. It really is. The Americans yes. and the Koreans. Yes. Like, there's no stakes. Why this is happening. I have <laughs> no idea throughout the length of this movie why this fight is happening and why it's so important. As if, like, America is on the line if we don't win this Taekwondo I mean, we really competition need, we really need against sh- the people who invented it. I feel like these writers found out the Berlin well- Wall fell and just slammed their glasses on the table. Like, <laughs> I, I, like, fuck yeah, we got the next Rocky. Oh, wait, what? It's over? Motherfucker. They, I mean, we have to show our superiority to uh, South Korea, our ally. So, uh... <laughs> so they South that. Korea, who is just treated like North Korea the entire movie. That's, that's a good point, cool. yeah. That's, that's true. Uh, in fact, I'll get to that later on. But anyway, um, we, we, they, uh, they go to a karate tournament, and this is right off the bat where I kind of ran into a brick wall. Um... When you guys talked about it, one of the things you talked about is a big joke, and we're going to mention it, is that this one guy has all the karate statistics. And I, <laughs> that and dude. I now I don't know that what dude this owns. means. I don't, I don't quite know what that means. It's like you, how many karate chops he does. What's Parker? Is it like the the scouter in Dragon Ball Z? You can see someone's power <laughs> level. He's tracking the karate above replacement level stats. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine he puts his fucking floppy disk into the giant nineteen eighty nine computer, and we see Rocket Power sixty four. <laughs> <laughs> Same, but bringing a guy who just has like, yeah, I've cataloged all the fighters, like. I mean, surely, okay. surely there's like, but they do that in like, you look, he's like, I look at all these tapes that I have. He's got like 16 VHS tapes. <laughs> in the reveal, he's just used to put in a fucking VHS that just has footage of them yelling under waterfalls. It's so cool. <laughs> Like how yeah, did we you have this secret footage? spy? <laughs> we have this secret spy satellite that observed their training, and it's just them like punching children in the face <laughs> and doing push-ups on each other's backs. Can you... It's just like when Al Qaeda released training videos. It's just dudes in masks <laughs> on monkey bars. <laughs> can, can you imagine though? It's like, okay, guys, this is your next training regiment. I'm going to put the tape in. Okay, and it cuts to like that SpongeBob episode. I love karate. <laughs> 
go. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Substitutes here. We're going to watch Bill Nye and some karate tapes. <laughs> but here's the thing. So they're at this tournament, and... <laughs> Sorry, that was really good. Fuck. That was actually really good. I don't know where that came from, but good That was real good, Parker. All right. Uh, anyway. So, like, they're at the tournament, and right off the bat, I'm not... I'm sure karate has rules, especially for tournaments. Otherwise, how could Bruce Lee get that popular? But, like, I don't understand the rules. I don't understand how things work. This really does need, like, an idiot-proof character. Someone who will point at the screen and, like, subtly explain the rules. Honestly, aim for the Yeah, uh, Brian Griffin. (laughs) (laughs) Strangely enough, I don't think I can do a Brian Griffin. Can can you make that easier for me? Can you make it, Chris? Oh, that's easy. When you kick him in the balls, that's a penalty. Yeah, so I, Chris referred to this as a tournament, but this is just the NFL Combine, but for karate. Yeah, well, <laughs> is it, though? Because I thought it was, like, a qualifier tournament. It's the same thing. Right? Yeah, it's but, like, thing. they're not, they're not, there's no bracket. They're not like, oh, yeah, I gotta fight my next opponent. It's just like, you and you, go fight in this <laughs> Wait, ring okay, while you're 16 right. other people are fighting in the other rings. <laughs> okay, so there's right. no consistency <laughs> and, here. And, and the comparison people I would make. fight, and they just like, uh, you five. Come on. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like the way that they do it is it's like in the movie Miracle where Kurt Russell just chooses five guys. You're like, you're leaving out the best players on the team. I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right ones. And he does this by choosing a guy with an injured shoulder. <laughs> I need a team that'll tr- look at each other's brothers and bond. I'll take this racist guy, please. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, speaking of uh, people with injuries, Parker, you've lived a mostly able-bodied life. How would having yeah. a significant injury impact your ability to do your little uh, kicking sport? Well, someone who doesn't do it anymore, uh, pretty significantly, as it turns out. <laughs> it really uh, puts, a, puts a damper on things. Well, let's when talk about... When you twist about... the wrong way, go, uh, time to sit down, bye. Let's describe uh, the fuck team five for the karate team. Uh, the first, the first character that we have on here is Eric Roberts Natch, uh, who's got an injured shoulder. I guess he's like the runt of the team because he was like the last one he had. Uh... Oh, we have to also talk about the coach, James Earl Jones. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, keep getting them checks, buddy. Fresh off the success, he of just Field saunters of on screen. And he just yells at these dudes for like 85 minutes. This guy has never punched or kicked anything in his life. It's so funny because if this comes out like five years later, this is the ultimate Samuel L. Jackson role. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He'd be literally perfect in every aspect, but he's not a thing yet. So so get James Earl Jones (laughs) screaming. Oh, he is not pleased with that. But anyway, he's the Kurt Russell of this miracle, and he has to choose the five guys. And they got the first one, Eric Roberts, Natch, he's got the hair. And uh, then they choose the only Asian man in America. Parker, what's the character's name? Tommy Lee. No, wait, 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 wait. I, isn't that that guy from Motorhead? You can't just... Come on. I love the scene of this movie where he uses his dick to honk the horn on his boat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whomst among us has been on a boat. Can you imagine if Pam Anderson was, like, cameo in this? Anyway, so uh, there are other... <laughs> She's hiding all of the fucking tapes in her titties. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys, you want to see my stats? Okay, okay. okay. So they also <laughs> they also have... Who's, who's the nerd on Power Rangers? Was it Billy? 
Because he's one of them. Yeah. Billy from Power Rangers is Might as well be. on here. Be- what if Billy was a Buddhist? Because you remember, <laughs> like, like I said, like every single uh, kid's team has like the fat kid. Well, they also have the nerd, the one who wears glasses. Now, no one on this podcast wears glasses, but I think we can all emp- True, empathize with this character, you know? Like, we should be nice to him. And, oh yeah, he's a Buddhist. The Asian guy, no, not really, but... uh. Yeah, Joey White guy. <laughs> it, it does fucking own that, like, we get this scene where it's like, oh, who the fuck is this loser? There's no way he's making the team. And then five minutes later, he's the one picking up all the girls at the bar. There's there's <laughs> that. Also, I think he also might have an in with the stats cuck. Like, he, he probably does. <laughs> he probably fed him some extra data or something like that. Yeah, I was reading this ancient <laughs> Man, Japanese you, movie. You don't, wanna, you don't wanna know what I had to do to get on this team. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is they introduced this white dude. He's like, oh, I'm Buddhist. And I tensed up so hard. Like, this is 1989. <laughs> and get real fucked up. Yeah, I could. Well, um, the fourth character is the Italian from uh, Detroit. <laughs> who It owns that <laughs> we're not even being racist. That's his whole character. Yeah, that's all that he does. That's his entire character. All he ever does is he keeps saying, Yo, baby, hey, I'm from Little Italy. Oh, fuck you. This is just like Detroit. <laughs> when he uses his finishing move on the Korean and says gabagool. <laughs> like they thought that making him an Italian from New York would be a little too on the nose. Ah, let's mix it up. He's from Detroit. So fucking fugazi. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that all the time. He just looks like Scott Hall. <laughs> the greasiest chest hair I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, we have to save... We need a black guy for the team. I don't think so. Italians as far as I'm willing to go. Well, hey, every single team is only as good as its goalie. So... <laughs> Your CV says you're from Detroit. I don't understand. Now, for their for this <laughs> the team's fifth member, their fifth and final member, that Parker, did have you played any of like the later Tekken games? You remember the character Bob? <laughs> I sure do. Well, he's in this movie. <laughs> As, <laughs> sure. Played by Chris Penn, he is a fat racist Texan <laughs> who's good at karate. <laughs> that is like Look. double redundant. <laughs> Also, from Miami? You figured yeah. out. Well, <laughs> yes, both. The fucking nerd. <laughs> the Italian from Detroit and the Texan from Miami. Great. Was this written by Koreans, actually? See, here's the weirdest thing about this movie, is you know it had to have been rewritten at some point, because during the Karate Combine, everyone there, all, all the good people that I just mentioned, are wearing, like, white karate G's. And he's wearing a red one. And I'm just like, wow, I wonder who the villain is. Turns out, no, he's one of the heroes. He's a good guy. You like him. Uh, Do we? I think we're supposed to. I think the movie is trying to say, yes, he's good. You should aspire to be like the the fat racist Texan from Miami who does karate. Uh, this character this... is quite literally landfill. Like, it fucking owns... <laughs> This movie does a lot of cross-cutting between the Americans and the Koreans. 
in the juxtaposition of the Koreans all just standing out in the desert, pumping their fists and yelling, Korea! Korea! <laughs> and then cutting straight to Chris Penn just walking in holding a ghetto blaster with a 10-gallon hat on and a big belt buckle <laughs> is incredibly funny. <laughs> so, Jesus. I... Parker, do you remember the Warriors? You remember the Warriors? Remember that? I sure remember do. Remember that one guy, Ajax, who was, who was like the the homophobic guy who uh, tried to molest that woman in the park and got arrested for it. You never see him again, and it's like this is what can happen to you if you're like this. He was also the one who said that immortal line: "I'm going to shove that bat up your ass and turn you into a popsicle." Do you think that that's like that sort of thing? Is just like this is the Ajax of the movie. <laughs> Except he just says a bunch of slurs, <laughs> yeah. and then they win in sort of, kind of. These are worse we'll than there. slurs for some of these, but anyway, yeah, he's like... It's, he goes on a fucking, like, Sinbad rant about his slanty eyes. It's real fucked up. Yeah, it's, it's worse, yeah. though, because during the Korean Combine, he's using dirty, illegal moves. He's, like, they're, you know how, like, in karate, like, you bow to each other because it's respectful? When the guy bows, he kicks him in the face! <laughs> Well, you know, that's what I have to do it to protect the border. And James Earl Jones is looking at him and he says, That's who I want on my team. <laughs> this Why is James Earl Jones Sean Connery now, Chris? <laughs> Simba, you must go back to your ship. He wants to do a voice and he's like, I'm going to pivot one way so no one can call me racist. Yeah, exactly. We've all done I, I'm still stuck on fucking Highlander, okay? So here's the thing. Uh, so anyway, they're all together, and he brings them into a classroom. And again, you're right. This really is uh, Samuel L. Jackson's role because it's just a classroom from Coach Carter. And uh, yeah. he just chews about and says, From now on, you will eat shit and breathe karate. And was like, dude, I am way ahead of you, okay? <laughs> and uh, he was like, no women, no drinking, no geometry. <laughs> As he's going through his spiel, I'm just sitting there like, fuck, man, should I have done karate when I was 12? Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Can you imagine if this was Chris McDonald instead of James Earl Jones? <laughs> we didn't, I we actually would have can't him, because so. my brain would break. We, we would have done this movie by now. <laughs> Eric Roberts would have gotten out with that shoulder and he just would have ripped off his tracksuit to show his black belt underneath. Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> McDonald Jeffrey would Jones would have been one of the screen. Korean guys with an eye patch, so you couldn't tell. It always comes back to Jeffrey Jones, <laughs> and he's the patron saint of the podcast. So uh, he's like, "Well, you guys can go out on the town tonight, but considering the high standards of the women here, I'm sure none of you will get lead." And they're like, "Okay, thanks, coach." And uh, they go out to a bar and. I gotta talk about, you've already mentioned it, but we gotta reiterate that the fat, racist Texan from Miami who does karate, which, again, kind of a long thing to put on an epitaph, is standing outside the girl's bathroom and asking him, hey, number one or, or number two. Uh, he does not, in fact... What is the implication here? Like, which one is preferable? I don't know. What, what, what is he waiting for a girl to say, number three, I'm gonna puke. <laughs> He's hey, gonna. A good opener. He's gonna. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't write you know, that down. For this one verse. day, I want to like, I want to compile a list of like all the lines that people use in movies like this, and uh, just, just like try them out yourself. Some fucking bar somewhere. Yeah, just like yeah. see what see what works. Stand outside the window. See if these but... directors were smart. Get thrown out of a bar for anyway. So. uh... You see, it's all about I mean, confidence. It's not going to affect me. Okay, I don't give a fuck. So Eric Roberts and 
Tommy Lee are sitting at the bar lounging. They're just like, oh, geez, we can't get our dick socks. Meanwhile, the Buddhist guy has his hands full of ass at this point. And uh, Chris, do you want to explain how he got all that ass in his hands? Uh, yeah, he spills his drink on the girl. He says, oh, I'm sorry, are you hurt? She's like, no, I'm fine. He's like, hey, bartender, an Irish coffee is supposed to be hot. I'm kidding. My name is Jeff. How are you? I do karate. And, uh, oh, oh, no. I dropped my monster coffee for my magnum dong. He's like, hey, I'm, I'm just kidding. Would you, would you like to dance? Just, you know, play a song? She's like, no, I'd really like to just suck your dick. And he's like, well, maybe a dance first. Like, okay, fine. Whatever you want, dear. Uh, okay, I guess uh, Billy from Power Rangers gets his. Um, I think does the does the Italian guy start dancing with a blonde and that starts a bar fight and. Uh no, no. Let me let me let me back this up. Let me rewind this because I gotta I gotta talk about this whole scene. Yeah. So our Italian friend walks up to our boys Eric Roberts and whichever other guy was at the bar. I guess it's Tommy Lee. I don't really remember. It has to be, because everybody else is, you know, doing their thing. Right. But uh, he's just like, man, I don't get it. I just can't hit with the women in this bar. And they're like, oh, man, you know, it's cool. Like, I guess, like, you know, what you're offering is just not their thing. And he's like, but I'm Italian. <laughs> and that's not, like, that's not, like, a joke or an ad lib on our part. It's literally what he says. He is just, like, apoplectic that all of these random women at the karate combine don't want to have sex with an Italian guy. <laughs> so then, I guess the fucking... <laughs> the, t- the, the, the fucking Mr. 10-gallon hat finally hits with his pib and her shibbin line, and he's dancing with some girl, and then her boyfriend comes up and is like, oh, who the fuck are you? And she's just like, I'm gonna go home with this guy, because he's cooler than you. And then a bar fight breaks Wait, out. Wait, we also have to mention... You know, we have to mention how 10-gallon hat is dancing with her. His fingers are grabbing her ass so tight the camera keeps showing it he's got fingers deep deep into her grundle <laughs> he's really giving her the business <laughs> he really is <laughs> and this starts a hell of a bar fight everyone's uh kung fu fighting so Shut uh so that would have worked in the scene <laughs> but also a- another song that would have worked in this scene better than the song that was playing his podcast favorite, Ballroom Blitz. Yeah, well, it's not a ballroom, but uh, the man in the back did say attack, so they... Uh, it's a pretty good bar I mean, fight. It's a bar fight. That's pretty yeah. good. Uh, I, I had a good time with it. It's uh, shot decently well. There's a lot of... I think... Here's the thing. I had a little bit of difficulty telling people apart, so it was like, wait, do all these country bumpkins also know karate? I just imagined it was all the rejects from the combine just hanging out. (laughs) Oh, that's where it is. I'm like, damn, we didn't get in. Let's start a fight with the winners. (laughs) (laughs) Then then James Earl Jones comes in and he tells everyone, all right, that's enough. And he just uh, leads them all out of the building. After racist Texan from Miami who's fat and does karate is stomping a guy's face into the ground. Parker, is that what they teach you in Taekwondo? That's what they teach you in uh, Detroit no Defense baby. School. <laughs> He's just, okay, everyone, that's enough of that. You've had your fun. Tap or snap! Tap or snap! <laughs> He's committing a hate crime. Like, All right, you whippersnappers, we got to do push-ups in the morning. Get to bed. So they're all sitting on uh, 
clearly a wrestling mat. And uh, they they come in there, and James Earl Jones is bursting at the seams in his shirt and tie. <laughs> you guys. Who has never done a push-up. <laughs> you guys are in big fucking trouble now. He's like, okay, well, you, your G's haven't been earned yet, so you're going to have to just wrestle the clothes you have now. And everyone's just kind of staring at him like, okay. And uh, he's like, okay, we're going to start with 20 laps around the track. And Mathcuck is just like, hey, that's five miles. And he says, up, 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 up. And they're just like, they're running. And <laughs> why does the stat cook have to run with them? <laughs> I don't know. I, now, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering here. Parker, I, I assume you've never run a mile in your life before, but like, even for Taekwondo. Okay. Sure. I, I'm, but even for Taekwondo, you have to do a little bit of cardio, right? Isn't Go Taekwondo, it's karate. Oh, right. Sorry. It's a I big difference. I'm sorry, Parker. Sometimes. Parker, for Mishima-style uh, martial arts, oh, yeah. you have to you have to do a little bit of cardio, right? You have to do like some running and stuff to warm up. Some light jumping jacks. Yeah, exactly. These guys, they are, they're running their five miles, and they're fucking dying. They... they <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee, we find out later, has been training since he was four years old. I'm almost not good. <laughs> I like the one 40 year old man just in the front of the line. <laughs> Fat ass Chris Penn just waiting to die. That's one of my favorite shots Craig in the movie. Is they're running out. along the beach, like in a different movie that's very well known. And. They have the fat racist Texan from Miami who does karate is running with them, and I've never seen a fatter man run in my life. <laughs> it is the <laughs> fattest run I've ever seen. Meanwhile, we also cross-cut to the Koreans in Korea, and uh, they're standing underneath waterfalls, which um, I have to admit, don't understand the point of that. And uh, they're karate chopping trees and stuff like that. And uh, Chris, I have an important question okay. for Chopping you. those trees in the snow falling is so good. Chris, was Korea actually this cool? Here's the thing. It, Korea in <laughs> 1989 was a starkly different uh, place than Korea right now. Korea in 1989 was no, not... No, got it. Korea in 19... Okay, yeah, hey guys, in all no. honesty, Korea in 1989 was not the most pleasant place in the world. I think it was still getting uh, underneath... It's still getting away from the previous military dictatorship that was run by. So, uh, things And that were... happens to the best of us. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, things were not excellent over there. However, you could still have a good time by standing under a waterfall and going... <laughs> Imagine that with a robot voice. So, uh... Sometimes you just gotta karate chop trees. Or karate chop trees in the snow. Uh... This is cross-cutting with the guys just lifting weights, uh, because that's the uh, that's how Americans do karate. They just work out like King from Tekken. Uh, they uh, what are, what are the things that they do? Um, oh yeah, there's a there's a sub story here that Tommy Lee, the Asian one, is uh, holding back a bit, and he's holding back a bit because his brother was killed, <laughs> um, and uh, fucking James Earl Jones tells him. And the Dobby Lee screams and kicks one of his friends as hard as he can and almost kills his friend. Chris, Coach Kokumo he... is the worst coach in history. <laughs> yeah. He is god awful. Every decision he makes is wrong. 
Chris, keep the scene in mind when we do Best of the Best 2 next week. Oh, oh good. Buddy, 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 so, buddy. He's not, and anyway, uh, Tommy Lee gets a little uh, embarrassed and ashamed about that, so he gets on his motorcycle and leaves. Um, he <laughs> doesn't really know other way to put it, but he's not I the like first the, one to... The insert scene where he's like hitting the heavy bag slowly and crying, and Eric Roberts comes and like, Hey, man, what's up? <laughs> hey, buddy. It's okay. <laughs> hey, let's go to bed, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, this is also where the, the stack cuck, but they're all rooming together and boarding together uh, and probably sleeping together. And the stack cuck has all the VHSs of all the, the uh, karate statistics and stuff. And I guess they measured the what, pounds per square inch of force with every single karate chop. Again... What is that, like, Cell versus Frieza or something? Come on. Exactly. Hey, whatever you say, guys. Yeah. Some of these guys, it's Not like they have, works. like, videos of the guy standing underneath the waterfall. What's the statistic on that? Oh, well, this guy, he Yo. stood under that waterfall for 36.5 <laughs> seconds. Oh, better than Yo, the other okay, guy. Yo, okay, Grandpa, are you going to tell me that pitching flat? wins matter? Okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah, they also... Look, uh, all I'm saying is uh, they never went waterfalls with the black pitcher. That's all I know. These stats are erroneous. So, uh, <laughs> so they sit them down in the classroom, and he says, "You will study your opponent." And uh, the stat cook gives them all a folder. He's like, "Okay, you're going against uh, this guy. He won the silver medal at the Tokyo Olympics. He did this thing. He did that thing." He's like, "Great." It was like, "You're going against uh, Kazuo Mishima. He's got a Thunder God fist, and it's like 16 frames, but it does 42 damage. It does 48 on a counter. <laughs> Do not get hit by it." So, uh, it's, like, I'm just watching this scene, sitting there, like, wait, why the fuck do the Americans get to pick their opponents? Like, how does this work? Yeah, wait, is like, that that's the only no reason sense. we agreed to do it? Yeah, we had to cheat in our favor. Actually, yeah, you know, maybe now's a good time to talk about it. Why are they fighting? <laughs> I don't. Like at one point, when a uh, coach gets his walking papers, like, hey man, anything you need, with everything at your disposal, no matter how much it costs, it's like. It's a fucking exhibition match. Like, at first I thought, oh, is this just, like, the Olympics? No, it's just... The, it's not even a karate tournament, because I when they get to the final thing, I I was listening. I really was paying attention, but I kept thinking to myself, gee, I wonder which other countries are going to be at the tournament that they have to get through in order to face South Korea in the finals. Netherlands isn't even there. They don't even, like, no, forget it. We're just going to go there right is... to Korea. <laughs> There is nary a windmill Gundam to be found. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about it, that it, the like, other day. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like when I first watched this, it was within, I don't know, maybe 48 hours of having to watch some movie about like competitive dog tricks or something. And like the mm. whole movie like Ooh, followed like dogs. some Russian team that was like reliant on some Russian oligarch to just keep giving them money because they were competitive or who the fuck knows why. So I'm watching this from that like prism, just like, oh, this is just some random banker fucker who wants to be like the guy that bankrolled the uh the US exhibition karate team in Korea. Those very which... bad dogs were doping. It's it's such a stretch, but it's all I had to cling to when I watched this because like this movie makes zero sense. Or does it make I don't understand sense. why anyone is doing anything other than the fact that Eric Roberts wants to win at karate because it's the only he thing really he's good loves at. his kid. No, not because Eric his Roberts kid hates his fucking life so much. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't love so his kid miserable. more. Hold on, Eric Roberts does not love his kid more than he loves karate, and they emphasize this because uh, his kid 
He might have his leg amputated. <laughs> we gotta talk about this. His kid might have his leg amputated, and uh, he tells uh, he tells the coach, "Hey, coach, I gotta go home. My kid might lose his leg." And his coach is like, "That's it. You're off the team." And uh, he he flies to the and Eric Rob is like, "Okay, that's my son." He goes to the hospital. <laughs> Goodbye. He goes to the hospital. Yeah. Wait, hold on. He goes to his hospital. He goes to the hospital. He gives his kid an Eskimo kiss. Then he gets on the first plane back. And says, come on, coach, let me pick, please. And he starts, like, crying like a baby. He's like, please, let me do karate. This is all I'm good at. And uh, Coach Kokomo says, okay. And he's back on the team. So uh, He is so, full on sobbing. It is a lot. This, like, 15-minute interlude of movie is, like, something that could have worked if there were any replacement that was ever mentioned for him on this team. Right, yeah. But instead, James Earl Jones' attitude is, no, we're just going to fight the Koreans three on five, and that's going to work. <laughs> like, what? Oh, yeah. That, Motherfucker, yeah, what they are have you this, talking about? They have this long, like, uh, detour with this guy. It's like, oh, man, what if Eric Roberts quits the karate team? But when Tommy Lee quits, uh, you just have James Earl Jones looking out the window. He'll be back. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Personally, I was dying when the middle of this movie gets a phone call and he just goes, Coach, my kid got hit by a truck. <laughs> what? And then the next scene, like he's in the hospital, like, yeah, he's in a coma. <laughs> what the fuck is this movie? Oh, it's... And then his kid just wakes up, he's like, oh, good, you're alive, and just bolts it back for this exhibition match they're not getting paid for. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot they're not getting paid for it. So, again, the <laughs> emphasis is that the, for karate, it's all about honor. He get, Again, I'm, I'm making the serious case that the movie is making the case, or making the point, that Eric Roberts cares more about karate than he does about his son because he says that karate is the only thing he's good at, not being a dad. Because the son only comes back I mean, to sit in the audience true. and look at him. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> if you were a good dad, you wouldn't have got fired from that factory. <laughs> you also would have been there to stop your kid from getting hit by a truck. <laughs> Get my elderly mother can watch my son for me. Like, he's not a toddler. That kid's like eight. The truck should have hit me. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Oh, my God. Like, coach, I'm going to go home and bury him out back in the pet cemetery. <laughs> then I could have had two fucked up shoulders and been like that guy that can only use his legs in the Crippled Masters. Okay, if you're going to do it, you should be like, yeah, it can be just Future like that episode, guy with the, the two way. crippled legs in the Masters. <laughs> hey, Lois. Remember when I was a crippled Avenger? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we should talk about the uh, the woman in this movie. The only woman in this movie. Uh, who's, I forgot she was even there. Yeah, she's a, a Buddhist, and, and she teaches them how to control their chi, and uh, she ah, yes, karate chops <laughs> concrete or something, and she threatens to kick James Earl Jones's ass. I would pay to see that fight. So anyway, Absolutely. the rest of the movie. Uh, after that, she doesn't really have a tremendous uh, impact on the plot, does she? Not at all. I think she tells them to She's, I guess, a love interest, I guess. I have no idea. I don't care. Uh, hey, this movie's kind of gay. We need some ladies oh, in here. Oh, she, okay. she's the one who convinces James Earl Jones not to fire Eric Roberts because um, that's not... <laughs> For checking on his maybe <laughs> paralyzed son. Yeah, she tells him not to because that's not very nice. And he says... I was hard on them. Fired. Okay, can we get to the tournament now? <laughs> so they go to Korea, and I, I gotta talk about this because um, this is this is something that really bothered me. When they first show the Koreans, uh, they're in 
it's not really a temple. It's like a enclosure sort of thing. I've actually been there. It's that's so cool. It's like, hey, I've actually seen that before. It's like seeing the Silver Line train in Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, it's like, hey, cool. Hell yeah, buddy. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's nice. Uh, and then when they show Seoul proper, they show like that that area, and they show uh, Seoul, the city, and all the buses and everything. They play this music like, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, stop playing like this ancient Chinese music during modern day Seoul. <laughs> like Parker like said, it's Mongolians like, about to emerge. Parker said it's just like the Urkai are gonna come out here. <laughs> fucking Helms Deep in Seoul, South Korea. It's so good. <laughs> I love this movie, you guys. It's like, what, it's what do you so think? Good. It's like if they played in Rocky Four, if they were just like, oh, time for me to fight Ivan Drago. They just start playing the Tetris music. <laughs> Better movie, though? Yes. Also, like, episode in three weeks, Rocky Four? Uh, I don't know. Mate. It's the only watchable Rocky movie. Let's be real. I like the first one. Anyway, uh, so they're uh, like, "Oh, let's." Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell the Eagles fans that you said that. Oh, uh, hey, I thought we were close. <laughs> we'll, but we'll, we'll, oh, Hertz is really good, we'll, actually. we'll munch over this. Anyway, so they they go into the uh, enclosure where they're going to be fighting, and they've got like American sportscasters there. They've got Diet Stuart Scott. Uh, got, did you just call Ahmad Rashad Diet Stuart Scott? <laughs> what yes. the fuck? Yes. What is wrong with you? Nothing. So uh, he's he's there and he says, "Well, get ready for the karate tournament." It's not even. A, do they say tournament? Am I just like, is this a Berenstein Berenstein thing? Parker, Welcome Parker, check your wallpaper. Karate finals. Oh, oh no, dude. <laughs> dude, Mandela's doing great here. Yeah. This fucking guy doesn't even know that Ahmad Rashad is in the Vikings' ring of honor. I'm so upset. I Okay, well, we just lost Dan as a listener. <laughs> Personally, I think he's in the ring of very good. Yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, Ahmad Rashad, whoever that is, uh, is announcing the American team as they come out there, and... Uh, I can't help it. Like, they're all out there in their G's and everything, and that Texas guy has got the 10-gallon hat on. <laughs> Fucking Richie Incognito sauntering in, <laughs> just pointing at these Koreans. It's, it's like if they get the four in there, and then he just got, like, Vince Wilfork and the overalls and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> they should have come out in the fucking Houston, Texas Letterman jacket. <laughs> and and uh, they've got, like... I don't have anything against tradition besides folk dancing, but they have like all the Korean women in uh, the hum in the hanbok and everything, and uh, they're they're beating the drums and everything. And the Korean team comes out there, and there's just one guy who's got an eye patch on. You'd think that affect his look, depth perception. Look, there's a thing that we all have to acknowledge here. They absolutely gave him an eye patch so you could tell him apart that he's the bad guy. <laughs> That's true. That is true. I don't I don't feel comfortable saying it. But come on, if guys. That's true because you can see that each one of them has distinct facial hair as well. They ran out of facial hairstyles when it got to him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me tell you what audience this movie is for. <laughs> it's not the kind that distinguishes <laughs> other Koreans from each other. Yeah, so... Uh, Which one's the bad one? I don't know, Dad. <laughs> I don't know why they keep celebrating so much either. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Well, the first thing is Billy from the Power Rangers gets killed. Uh, or, he just gets the... 
dog shit the album <laughs> and it's over. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for coming. It's just like, well, I guess it'll be one of those classic come from behind victories, which is it's obvious that they start off with Billy because he's got no real backstory. He just likes numbers or something. He's going to work as an accountant. Uh, next is is the second one the Italian guy or is the second one uh, the racist? The Italian gets whopped yeah. immediately. Yeah, the Italian also it is fucking put through the floor. He lands like one punch. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, glad he's here. He's like, damn, I guess I gotta go back to Detroit. And uh, <laughs> then we... The motherland. Then we bring in the Texan who at least makes things close. And my God, he's still on this. He won't... Oh, we also <laughs> forgot, like, when we call him racist, he does this throughout the entire movie. At one point, they go into a restaurant, right? And the Asian guy gets... I think he gets sushi or something. Dude, everyone loves sushi. And the Texan guy is like, well, looky here. Y'all don't eat that raw fish shit, do ya? He starts talking about it making his eyes all fucked up. It's not great. I don't feel comfortable saying it because I know what I sound right, like. Right, yeah. It's like, you know, and I cannot reiterate enough. These are like direct you know, lines You know, you eat too much of that day of sushi. Okay, dude, Brian, you can just calm down. You gonna get them slanty-looking <laughs> eyes. Let me write some of the liberal jokes this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Parker, do, do people like that talk to, like that down there? I mean... Not as loudly anymore. <laughs> anymore. But, uh, yeah. You, you see some people, and they do the glance to both sides of the room, and they look <laughs> at you, and you're just like, I left something back there. And you just bolt immediately. Just, you learn how to play the game. Right, exactly. Uh, we play to win. Did you ever notice? Oh, shit, my keys. Bye. So he's, he's doing this, and, and he's not just happen. like racist to Tommy Lee, but he's also not a good teammate. At one point, they say, in fact, the tagline of the movie is, a team isn't a team unless they give a fuck about each other. And, uh, so, you know, PG-13 here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, he's the worst teammate in the world. He's, even during practice, he's landing cheap shots on his teammates. Why the fuck is this guy doing, he should be behind bars. And instead, I guess maybe he was signed by James Earl Jones, the worst karate coach in history, specifically to do that, to psych other opponents out. I, he's, that's hey, like his strategy. Can, he goes over can, there and be like, ah, oh, while that guy bows, I'll fucking uppercut his face. So despite the fact that the racist Texas karate doing Miami guy, who's also fat, is uh, doing, by the way, at certain points, I'm pretty sure you can see his gut like spilling out from beneath his G. Um, no, that's his hockey pads, dude. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, he's, he still somehow finds a way to lose the match because they tie, but it goes to test of strength so they just do one of the mini games from uh, Mortal Kombat. Dude, dude, fucking test of strength is my favorite part of this movie. It makes no sense. Why is there a tiebreaker if the tiebreaker doesn't matter later? Well, it's Hey, next point wins. Just kidding. Break these boards. It's, it's so good because... What if they both got through all the boards? Because, like, it's judged on total points. So they would just both get the same amount of points, but one team would still be on to test. I just imagine... <laughs> I just imagine it's like sudden death at the X Games, where if you both do a 720, then somebody has to do a 900. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the thing. It moves on to test of strength, too. Destroy this car. What? <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to the fat guy, I've always been a proponent in all combat sports of, uh, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Because <laughs> you load up full power, kick them in the dick as hard as you can, 
they'll threaten to take a point away next you know, time. I, I, like, I, you have nothing to honestly, lose. You just unload on their nads. Parker, I disagree strongly. There's no room for cheating in sports. I would never tolerate something like that. So Absolutely the next not. one uh, is Eric Roberts. He has to fight against, I don't know, one of the bad guys. And he he's fighting, and they're, they're, it's really tight. They're you know going back and forth. He keeps getting roundhouse kicked in the face. At some point, I <laughs> at some point I would say, boy, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, <laughs> hey, coach, uh, should I put my hands up? <laughs> Anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, my hands up. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I like how they the round ends. He gives him a piece of ice, like. Uh, hit him with the cross drop. It's like okay, and then he does, and it's like cool. There's four more minutes left in the round yeah, now. The only other, and then he gets kicked the, immediately. The only other thing that James Earl Jones has to say to him is focus. Okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting really distracted See, like, here. <laughs> it's so funny, like you know, watching him as the coach in this movie. Because all I could think about the whole time is just, like, if Josh were the coach, yelling, <laughs> kick him in the dick! The whole fucking time. Josh would be yelling something else. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> I mean, also that, but anyway, I'm saying, I, I'm like, when, when, when you got a chance to win. I think what happens here is Eric Roberts, I could be wrong, correct me, Parker, you're probably paying a little bit better attention than I was. I think he gets sweep kicked, and then he lands on his bum shoulder, and it shatters into a million pieces. And he is rolling around on the ground like he's on fire. And if I was a referee, I'd be like, oh, okay, whoa, all right, just get him into a hospital. He loses. That guy wins. And apparently not. Apparently you could just, it's not even like a Bob Auto Rocket going. loses to Lars. Well, that's that's the thing. It's like, pop it in. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even like in boxing where you have like one, two, three. It's just like, well, I guess 30 seconds left on the clock. He goes over. And uh, the team doctor, no, it's not even the team doctor, it's just stat cook. It's just like, uh, your arm is shattered. You can't do karate anymore. And, uh, <laughs> yeah? Did your fucking floppy disk tell you that, you fucking dick? <laughs> they don't even have a doctor on the team. They don't even have the, the Buddhist girl to tell them this. And instead he goes, no, coach, I can do it. Pop it back in. Pop it back, Pop it back in. And uh, Tommy... <laughs> puts him in an arm bar and snaps his arm even further. <laughs> he said pop it in and he locks him. I'm like, wait a second. He's like, going to pull it completely out. bestial whale. <laughs> as, as we explain this scene, it sounds unbelievably stupid. But like, to put it in context, like I feel like I need to explain more of this because... This is literally, like, the scene in every war movie where the main character's best friend gets shot. And, like, for fucking five minutes, he's bleeding out as he goes, like, Don't you die on me! Don't you die on me! Except it's in a meaningless karate tournament where there's no stakes. Also, it he goes go home to your son also, he, fucking who is still ages. in the hospital. Also, he doesn't, he doesn't die. He's okay. He gets up. He has a sling on his arm. Proceeds to run away from the guy for 25 seconds, which in any other term would be a penalty. And then at the very end, just, just like insult kicks him right to the job. What, what's that move? The, the sweet chin music? He gives the guy sweet chin music out of the ring. He launches him like a like, firecracker. They tell my game out of your shoulders destroyed, but uh, if you if you leave, you lose all of your points <laughs> that you got. So he just has to run the clock out. 
So it's like, it's like that. The, sorry, wait, wait, one second. <laughs> it's like that Texas. Yeah. Uh, it's not like it's not like Texas. It's like that college football strategy where you snap it to the punter and he just runs around like a madman wasting time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, all I could think about at, like both times I watched this scene was uh. You guys remember those ETI topics about, like, would you spend, like, a minute in the ring with Mike Tyson? And everyone's just like, oh, yeah, I could definitely just run away from him for a minute. Like, he couldn't hit me. I would just keep running. Like, that's the scene. (laughs) (laughs) But again, then he he gives him the Shawn Michaels sweet chin music and launches him like a big poppy home run out of the ring. This is his fucking city. He just sends him flying over the monster. Just, he's like, oh, damn, he takes one step forward too many. Uh-oh, bang! <laughs> he just sends him flying. It's so good. So uh, we get to the last match here. Now, it's to- Tommy Lee. And he has to go against, I think his name is Dehan? Dehan, something like that? Yes. Um, yes. Sure and uh, he's got an eye patch. He's a naughty man. And he's the one who killed Tommy Tommy Lee's brother. Uh, we keep getting flashbacks of Tommy Lee as a little kid, like, "Oh boy, you're gonna do great, big brother," and just getting kicked in the face until dead. <laughs> it's doubly funny because that's foreshadowing for the second movie. <laughs> Is it I really? Know. Oh my god! <laughs> Chris doesn't. I'm so excited for him. <laughs> This is just like when my brother got kicked in the face and got killed. (laughs) (laughs) I hope we keep the family guy jokes. Ooh, it looks like I'm dying. Dying. Most the time we beat Brackish for a stadium. We gotta get we gotta get Alex on so she can do Lois's voice. She can do impressions. Okay, so... you think that's bad? <laughs> you remember the time I lost all of my career earnings to Wayne Newton? <laughs> so they're fighting and fighting and fighting, and a lot again. Maybe the Korean strategy is just a lot of roundhouse kicks to the face. Good strategy. It seems to Good be working strategy. really yeah. well for them. It worked for Swayze. Yeah. God, can you imagine Swayze in this movie? Oh, he doesn't need a team. <laughs> exactly, like just Swayze one on five against the Koreans. Well, that's what I want to watch. Two on five. They got that uh, the guy who talks like this, so he can help. <laughs> Sam Elliott has been subbed out for Chris Penn again. <laughs> Sam Elliott gets murdered by all five Koreans at once, and then just just Swayze roundhouse kicking Koreans for forty five minutes. Yeah, so uh, Swayze ripping out Day Kim's throat in the finals <laughs> and not getting DQ. So Parker, you na- think he'd like rip out his windpipe and jam it in his eye socket? Okay, that's a little too violent. Okay. Oh, speaking of Dan Crenshaw. <laughs> okay, now Parker, Parker, I have a paradox for you. Oh, yeah? Earlier in the movie, they were just like, uh, Tommy Lee's like, no, you don't understand, he killed my brother. And Eric Roberts is like, okay, so kill him, I don't like him anyway. And uh, they get to the tournament, and Tommy Lee is basically one. He he sweep kicks this guy, who also lands on his face, he gets up all growing like, and he's doing like the legit, just like pose from like Mortal Kombat, where he's like the finish him thing. He's like, oh, and like Tommy Lee is doing the button inputs in his head. Everything goes into slow motion, and uh, Coach Kokobo goes, no! And <laughs> Eric Roberts just like, no! You don't understand! He's gonna kill him! And uh, James Earl Jones goes, no! 
And he just kind of stands there and Ahmad Rashad, allegedly, says, what is the American doing? He's just letting him stand there. He could finish him right now. He knows a button combination. And Dehan just kind of falls down. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, you'll fucking kill him. Like, just push yeah. him. You can just do like the, do like the, you can do like the Roll cliche, the just ring. literally blow on him and he'll fall over. It's like, no, either I stand here and lose, or I kill this man who killed my brother. You don't understand. With I'm about to kick his heart out. Literally. He's going to kick his head clear across <laughs> his dojo. And instead, he just stands like, no. No, I can't take a life. Like, just one little, oh, just, that, that done. actually He's reminds me, about kicking someone's head off. There's one point in the Family Guy episode where uh, Lois gets really mad at Peter, and she literally rips his head off his body, and, Peter's, and Peter says, Now nah, that's just what we need, another talking head. So, in the rest of the movie. Uh, <laughs> How are there still Family Guy jokes you didn't bring up? We talked about 40 minutes of Family Guy for 25 minutes. So in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, do the Americans win? I don't care. Uh, best of the best two. No, next nope. week. <laughs> oh, so it's the Rocky thing where they just like the the winner is the loser. Okay. Uh, they lose, but they're like, well, hey, moral victory. I, I, I killed your brother on accident. Maybe I could be your brother. And then he gives him his medal. It's Land really weird. back from uh, your twice the brother that landfill one ever was. <laughs> You know, for the sake of convenience, you can also call me Dehan. <laughs> Dehan comes up oh, to him. He even smells like my brother. Dehan's face <laughs> at the end of this movie looks like a black and blue pumpkin. It goes up to him and says, <laughs> And Tommy Lee's like, thank you. <laughs> Everyone is crying. Eric Roberts is like sobbing again because this guy's apologizing for karate kicking his brother With to every death. single breath, Dehan can... is just expelling molars from his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a fucking close-up of a red and snippy <laughs> it's ghoulish. his face looks like the pot of greed <laughs> <laughs> my turn you never saw this coming best of the best too and we can just stop recording so i have like, oh, yeah, no 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 i have i have two bits of trivia okay let's hear about the trivia i hope it's not the paradox this is not IMDb trivia, because I just assumed Chris would have that covered. Yeah. So two things. One, this soundtrack is 36 minutes long. Do you want to guess how many songs are on it? Five. Nine. <laughs> oh. Two, in his book, Iceman, My Fighting Life, UFC champion Chuck Liddell cites Best of the Best as his personal favorite martial arts film. I love that for him because I see it. I see so it I so guess much. I guess we stand Chuck Liddell now. <laughs> Man, knowing how insane two is really amplifies this experience. It sure it's does. So this ending is so corny. Do you think we could get? It's Chuck the Liddell, most saccharine, cheesy nonsense. And just knowing I'm like a week away from fighting to the death in an underground Vegas casino. <laughs> It's so good. Is someone going to get scream punched through a glacier? Oh, man. Oh, that Native American dude gets lit the fuck up. one way to find close. out. All right. Join us on Absolutely. next week's episode, Best of the Best 2. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, no! Oh!
And that's the tea, sis.